for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from the small screen to the big screen and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me now is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Technical difficulties, Mike. That's what's up. Uh, for any of you watching live on the YouTube, you did not see our normal splash screen. Instead, you saw an advertisement for an interview you should go check out that we did last week. So the the splash screen for the interview with uh, the one, the only Jay Stevens, the writer of Dwellings, among many other amazing things, uh, including uh, yeah. uh, Figgy Furthermore, his k- current Kickstarter that uh, looks awesome, if you, especially if you have kids, um, about a yeah. ghost dog and its travails uh, with its owner that is uh, less than <laughs> less than um, savory, less than dead. What? Oh. Oh yeah. Well, yes. The owner is less. <laughs> the than owner dead. is less than dead. Is what I thought you were to say. <laughs> but uh, I we linked it in the show notes. Uh, I forgot to take it off the splash page. So the multiverse report this week is uh, the interview with Dwellings creator Jay Stevens. However, uh, we got a very different episode than that for you. Uh, but please go check that out. It was a great interview. Great chat with uh, with Jay for oh yeah. probably forty fifty minutes until we had to stop. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah, like I said in the intro to that episode we probably could have talked to him longer if you and yeah. i didn't have like oh, yeah. a hard out um uh yeah that was a great time and when you said i wasn't sure why you were calling it technical difficulties i thought it would be smart to advertise our uh interview oh it worked out great but you're just yeah i saw the splash page i'm like oh sweet we can just segue right into the advertisement <laughs> yeah why not um but also speaking of interviews end of this month in another uh little over a week we'll be talking to uh g willow wilson co-creator of ms marvel current writer of dc's poison ivy uh writer of great books like invisible kingdom and cairo and the hunger and the dust you say my Um, 2023 book of the year hunger in the dusk yeah yep and um just an all-around stellar writer and creator very excited to talk to her Um, oh and the one bad day catwoman yep she did the batman one bad day catwoman series she also has a really cool um batman black and white story that oh, i reread nice. this week i feel like i'm just combing everything i have for anything by g willow wilson um and uh she also has written an arc of the sandman the dreaming spinoff oh um, yeah series from a couple years ago um that's also very good um so yeah uh that interview is going to be um we're, i'm going to try not to make it just a compliment fest for however long <laughs> it is it's going to be hard for steve and i just not going <laughs> And then when you did this, yeah. it was also it's gonna really be the, good. The, like you it's said really before, good. the the Chris Farley. Uh... It's gonna be the Chris Farley show. Yeah, if you, if you people know that reference. Yep. Um, um. Anyway, also, oh yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, go listen to our interview with Jay Stevens. And also, as always, this show is sponsored by Funky Town Comics in Camillus, New York. It's Funky Town Comics and Vinyl. Um. Oh. Uh, but we're not the only no. thing that Funky Town Comics and Vinyl is sponsoring. There's your segue. I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, Mr. Jay Stevens is from Toronto, Ontario, well, Guelph, Ontario, Canada, just south Mm -hmm. of Toronto. Uh, He's pretty close enough that, you know, maybe he could make a stop down to your, uh, your next mention. Syracuse Collectors Con, March 16th and 17th at the Great New York State Fair Horticulture Building. Going to be a lot of great vendors there. Cool little Comic Con. I will be there as a comic writer. Steve and I will be there as uh, podcasters and maybe doing some interviewing live. 
on the floor. So we shall see how that goes. But you should definitely be there checking out all the great vendors and celebrity guests, artists, writers, uh, just vendors um, that are going to be there. So uh, check it out. Syracuse Collectors Con, March 16th and 17th. And yeah, you just made me made me remember that I have to now figure out all the technical how I'm going to pull this off recording from the floor and all that. So yeah, you made <laughs> I reminded myself that I have to order some books that I sold out of at Saratoga Comic Con mm-hmm. um, that I need more of to sell at Syracuse Collectors Con. There we go. Yeah. So moving on. Oh, also, uh, Steve, you mentioned earlier people who might be watching this on YouTube. Um, I need to say. I don't know if anyone's watching currently, but if you join later because you thought we were going on at 9.30 like normal, sorry, we're going on earlier because uh, I'm not feeling 100%. My son has had the flu, and it's possible that I might be coming down with it. So if you hear a little bit of a lack of energy in my voice, that might be why. Also why we started earlier, because um, I want to go to bed earlier. So um, if for some crazy reason, like you know, you saw an Instagram reel of my face saying, that we were going to be on tonight at 9.30, and you uh, took that to heart, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That version of me lied to you, but not knowingly, if that makes it any better. Well, he, that, that version of you did not know future you, and here we are in the future. Here we are in the future. So I'm sorry for those people that are going to be jumping on here in the next 40 minutes, uh, thinking that they're going to um, see the beginning of the show, when they'll likely be catching the end, and they'll have to scroll back to hear us talk about some big news that dropped from lucasfilm this week in regards to star wars mm-hmm. steve yes. we got another star wars movie we got an yeah. announcement of another star wars film not the new jedi order starring daisy ridley and being directed by charmaine obey genoi not the uh dave filoni mando lorian verse movie that's been rumored that was announced at Star Wars Celebration, and not the James Mangold Dawn of the Jedi or History of the Force movie that was also announced at Star Wars Celebration. None of those three. We're still getting all those three. None of those three have been canceled. But also, we are getting a film, apparently titled The Mandalorian and Grogu. This is a film that is to be directed by Jon Favreau himself, and it's going into production this year. Like, this movie's greenlit and going it's going in production this year um kathleen kennedy and dave filoni are also going to be producing it alongside john favreau uh quote from kathleen kennedy said john favreau and dave filoni have ushered into star wars two new and beloved characters and this new story is a perfect fit for the big screen now just to quell any concerns that you may have right out of the gate mandalorian season four is still in production. This is not taking the place of Mandalorian season four. A few months ago, there were some rumors that they were taking Mandalorian season four and turning it into a movie. And then we got the news about Dave Filoni uh, directing a movie. And we weren't sure if that was going to be Mandalorian season four or what. Um, But apparently Mandalorian season four is still happening. And so is the Dave Filoni directed Mando verse film. Those other two things are still happening. We're just, getting an additional film about the Mandalorian and Grogu. Now, Steve and I have already talked about this a little bit when it dropped. We have texted back and forth about this. So I'm not sure where to start. I will start Um, with the title. That sure as hell better be a working title because what? That title is bad. That's a bad title. Yeah. It's a bad title. Especially for a Star Wars movie. That's a bad title. 
Uh-huh. Um, you got to come up with something else. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a better idea because no. I don't know what the movie's about. Right. But you got to have a better title than that. The Mandalorian and Grogu is not a great. Like, I don't know. Get some get some uh, metaphor rolling there, Lucasfilm. Yeah. <laughs> like, do, we don't yeah, do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else. It's a bad title. All right. Next up. Uh, I titled the podcast this, this, but tell me right out, Mike. Are you excited about The Mandalorian and Grogu? Now, based on just this existing, right. I'm not inherently excited about a Mandalorian and Grogu film. No, I'm not inherently excited about it. I am excited, generally, about getting more Star Wars anything. So, like, whatever kind of, like, either huge praise or big retractions I will say about this announcement in the next 10 minutes as we're talking about it. Bottom line, I'm always excited to get more Star Wars. Right. It may not be what I expected. It may not be what I wanted them to do. And this is, that's, I mean, that's my general rule for all of Star Wars. It's not never going to be what you expect. It's never going to be what you want. You got to accept it and go with it. And I'm doing that with this announcement. I wasn't clamoring for a Mandalorian movie. I was fine with Mandalorian being a TV show. Um, but they're giving it to us, and so I'm going to be excited about it, and I'm going to go see it. So I think I think that for me, my excitement about this movie, outside of just being a new Star Wars thing, which does get me excited in general, my excitement about this movie will hinge on when we get maybe story details, or you know, further down the line when we get like a trailer. But we're not we're not going to get a trailer till we like we'll probably get a teaser next year or something. But it's going to be a long time before we probably learn. Anything. Really, anything too concrete about this movie? Yeah. So, yeah. Steve, are you excited about a film called The Mandalorian and Grogu? No. No. Like flat why out, not? no. Yeah, why not? Because dude? it just it feels like a complete cash grab. It feels like the higher ups at the studio saying, "Oh shit, what has worked in the past?" Which, mind you, they just put out Mandalorian season three, which, though I liked parts of it, was as a whole of a season of television, a relative compared to one and two stinker, not a, it's, yeah. not bad. It's the and, worst. It's the, right. Yeah. It's, it's the, my least liked season of Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe if this announcement comes after season two, when everybody's still riding high or something, it's one thing, but it's like, all right, you guys have lost your way on the TV show. And now you're trying to throw this at us. That makes little to no sense, but you're also trying to pigeonhole it in before the plans that you already made that were going to give us a nice gap in star Wars and the ability to kind of breathe a little. And like Charmaine Obi Chinoy has come out and had interviews on her film that seem to be promising and have like something new and new energy to it. And you're just like, uh, we're going to throw this thing in there. Like, what are you doing? Like take, let it breathe, let it do its thing, man. Like you have a plan, stick to the plan. Okay. But that is you assuming a lot of stuff. In that, in it's assuming based off what they've told us. Well, they haven't really told us. They told us they're making this movie. Yeah, and that's it. They told us they're making a movie, and John Favreau was directing it. They They, told us we don't know whose idea this was. This could have been John Favreau's idea, and he could have pitched it and said, "Like, hey, I want to, I want to do this movie because I have this good story that is a better movie than a a show." I agree with you. At the same time, I agree with you. Yep. Sorry, you can go. I was going to say, at the same time, John Favreau has shown that without Filoni around for a season of The Mandalorian, we got what we got. Filoni was involved in season Filoni three. Filoni was doing Ahsoka season one while that little Mandalorian season three was happening. Okay. 
But John Favreau. I mean, yes, track he's record. Certainly like no John slouch. Favreau. Oh no, not at all. Like, extremely glad John also... Favreau is involved in the this, this Star Wars universe. But yes. like, it seems like him and Filoni very much work well off each other, and we're able to strike lightning in a bottle with Mandalorian and this whole new thing. And I don't know. It, it's the whole timing of everything just seems weird to me. And this is the first thing in a long time that I've seen with the Star Wars name on it that I've just been like, okay. Well, here's what I'll I what I was about to say is that I do agree with you that it feels like it feels it feels possible. I'll say that necessarily doesn't feel like it, but it feels possible that this is somebody at Lucasfilm saying we have to get a Star Wars movie in theaters like yeah. soon. That's what and it very much feels like. Charmino Bay Chinoy is not like they're still cooking over there. We're not we don't want to rush them. James Mangold's still writing. Because of the strike, there hasn't, you know, we haven't been haven't been able to make as much progress on these movies as we wanted. What can we fast track that maybe we don't have to spend as much time on or we don't have to spend as much money on uh to get up and running? John Favreau, what do you got? But I, that, got, I can I got this idea right. for a spin-off Mandalorian movie. But see, that's exactly my problem. Is it's someone at Lucasfilm just saying, "How can we get something into theaters?" Instead of in general, like, and again, these are all assumptions, and I'm a hundred percent going old man yells at cloud here. But <laughs> yeah, this it, it just it really feels like someone at Lucasfilm was like, "Oh shit, we need to get something in theaters." When in actuality. I almost feel like, and this is coming from a guy who literally is surrounded by Star Wars comic books. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. it needs some time to breathe. Like, we're we we had a glut of content. We one of the things that everyone literally has said about what they did with the sequels and everything was you're putting too much shit out. Like, well, between see, the like too tight together and. Like there was a comedy. I kind of disagree and, with that because we haven't we haven't had a movie since 2019. Like I'm ready for a Star Wars movie. I don't care that. Well, we haven't had a movie, characters that I've seen recently. But that's the thing is we haven't had a movie since 2019. But we've had more Star Wars content since then than we've ever had. So it's like yeah. yes, you haven't seen it on the big screen, but there's literally been more hours of Star Wars in in live action even like if you just went live action there's more hours of star wars in live action than we've seen in decades i know i know but i just i'm hungry for i'm hungry for the big screen version and what i'm hoping is i mean john favreau made iron man he made one of the best superhero movies of all time yes he was also also gutter in pcu yes and he was in pcu (laughs) one of the greatest college films of all time and hey he made elf one of the greatest christmas movies of all time um, he's got a good track record of films. He's made some ones that are great still, but uh, he's a good filmmaker. I'm more excited about this announcement that John Favreau is directing this movie than Dave Filoni directing this movie. And that's not really yes. any shade on Dave Filoni. Maybe a little shade on Dave Filoni. Um, no, but it it should like, be. I think though. he's. I think I we're think both of all... the ilk that Filoni is. Filoni is the Lucas. Like yeah. he's a he's a better director than George ever was. Yeah. But like he's a hundred percent the idea guy, so sure. let him be the idea guy. And I think let him direct some more live action episodes of television. Yep. Which 
is happening, by the way, a, a, another announcement buried in this press release was the fact that Dave Filoni is currently working on Ahsoka Season 2. Mm-hmm. So that's another bit of Star Wars news that's happening, which I'm very excited about. Um, and he's certainly no slouch at directing those TV shows, but I would like him to get... I would like him to do more of that before jumping to the big screen because I don't want either of these movies, Mandalorian and Grogu, or the Mandoverse movie that Filoni's planning. I don't want either of those movies to f- to look like or feel like they're shot on the volume stage yeah. like those Disney Plus shows are, like Ahsoka or like Mandalorian or like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, I want it to look and to feel and to sound like a film. And I think Jon Favreau is the one that will make that happen. I think Jon Favreau's a smart guy. Not that Dave Filoni isn't. I'm not saying and this, this part is no shade against Dave Filoni. John Favreau 100% knows how to make a big budget action film. He knows what it looks like and sounds like and how to shape a thing like that uh, separate from the volume stage on Disney Plus, you know, in, in not necessarily in front of a green screen the whole time. And a lot of the, those shows are either green screened or volume wise, volumized, made that way. So the fact that John Favreau's doing it makes me more excited for it. I think, you know, I think back on like, uh, I didn't want, I didn't. I wasn't clamoring for a Rogue One movie. I wasn't clamoring for Solo. I love both of those movies, though. Um, and this could easily be in that same kind of thing, where I'm not dying for a Mandalorian movie at all. I'm happy with Mandalorian being uh, a TV show. Yeah. But you know what? They're making a movie. I'm going to go see it, and I hope that it's good. So uh, I have more faith in Jon Favreau directing it, but I think that it's going to come down to, like I said earlier, what it looks like, what the story is, what the trailer is. Personally, I'm hoping that this is a slightly lower budget film that's like a sleek and uh, fast-paced, under two hours or just barely over two hours action movie that is not maybe like a one-off adventure, not necessarily something that's supposed to like spawn a trilogy or fit into like the wider Skywalker saga or anything like that. Like, just give me like a, like so similar to solo. Like just give me like a one shot adventure of these two characters. And I think I will like that way more than if they're like tying it into the Thrawn stuff or anything having to do with, you know, setting up the sequel trilogy or leading into that sequel trilogy or anything like, just give me like a one-off thing that looks like a movie and feels like a movie and has the balls of a movie, you know? Spoiler and alert. I'll, it'll, they I'll won't. enjoy it. Who won't what? They won't just do that. They'll have they'll try and tie it in. Someone from up above will say, well, we need to do this or that or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I am with you on the Favreau, like, the big budget action thing. For the, In 2008, the budget for Iron Man was $140 million, Yeah. Uh, which in modern is like 200 million. Um right. if they could if they could turn this in around 200 million uh, like cuz yeah. you know big budget then versus big budget now are apparently two different things cuz hypothetically yeah. that could have doubled in the way things are being produced uh in modern yeah. times but like throw throw a 200 million dollar movie out there that you can do like Mando doesn't it. need to be crazy special effects you can do a lot of things nope. practical you can do what you need to do, you know, planet side, a lot of times. Hey, if Godzilla minus one can look as good as it did with the budget right. that they had, you can make a Star Wars movie 
for that same amount and you can make this kind of star wars movie um so i hope that's what they do steve i agree with you not necessarily about like the tying things into the mytho the larger mythology but i think it will be hard for them to not push this and build this as like the next right. epic star wars feel like i don't want that uh like the best way to overcome the thing that I say all the time, how Star Wars is about expectations and nostalgia expectations and fan expectations and blah, blah, blah. It's tied into our souls and hearts and all yep. that. Like the best way to overcome that is to not come out of the gate saying, hey, people, this is the next epic chapter in the thing that you love more than anything. They'll be like, yeah, no, this is like a fun one shot action movie. Like if you can find a way to bill it like that and still create the hype that you need for a Star Wars movie, then you're golden. And if you keep it, under $300 million uh, budget because no movie should cost that much. I still just so want, I, I want them to take, this is someone who talks about this weekly. I want them to take everything they're putting out for Star Wars and everything they're putting out for Marvel and just cut it in half. See, I think I agree with Marvel. I don't agree with Star Wars. I want the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will voraciously consume the Star Wars stuff, but I'm trying to think longevity yeah. of the brand and not burning people out on it yeah. too much. And, like I, I don't know I, uh, it's funny because I feel like over the over the course you and I have shifted a little on that of like you were like all right stop the like turn the hoses off for a while like maybe a year and a half ago yeah, for, well, um, yeah well I I see the films differently than I see the shows right and I and maybe I that's don't. because I, I'm not I'm not like a a big rewatcher of the shows where I am I'll watch any Star Wars movie at any time and I do right. I, throughout the year I'll watch. I'll watch some Star Wars movies multiple times in a year, you know, like, cause I just want to see him again. I love it. And I want to see him again where, you know, I just rewatched Obi-Wan Kenobi for the first time, but like, I'm not going to do that again tomorrow or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I, I know that they're part of the same story, like all Star Wars is, but, uh, I get my brain. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just that it hasn't been. I was, I was about to say my brain has keeps the shows and movies separate, but they don't really. They don't do that for Marvel. Marvel, I feel like, is a glut of content that I'm glad is shutting off, yeah. at least this year. Um, but Star Wars, maybe it's because I love Star Wars more than I love Marvel, um, that it doesn't bother me as much. But also, like, you're calling, you're saying the glut of Star Wars content, that has the glut, the size of that glut hasn't been nearly the size of the glut of stuff we've gotten from Marvel in the last three years or five oh, years. Oh, one hundred percent. So, um, so I'm not tapped out on Star Wars stuff the way that I'm, you know, getting tapped out on Marvel stuff. And uh, right, I and the stuff that Star Wars is putting out this year is seemingly going to be like new and fresh, and you know, like the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew, we know very little about. So I'm excited for that stuff because we don't know anything about it. I'm a little less excited for Mandalorian and Grogu because we do know those characters a lot and we associate them with being on this TV show. So how is that going to be different? What are they going to do that's different? There's all these questions right. in my head about it. I don't have those questions, that's those anticipatory questions I don't have for Skeleton Crew and Acolyte because I just don't know anything about them. Right, and um, the thing is... Which with... is the kind of Star Wars I like. I like not knowing what Star Wars is doing until they do it. And I think know? that's part of why I have a problem with this movie of like... Yeah listen, you have these established characters, you're doing what you're doing. This is the same company that has been throwing anything with Grogu on it uh, as a money grab for years since he became a cultural phenomenon. Like, mm -hmm. are you putting this out just to save your bacon? Or is this going to be a 
like fully cooked idea. And if it's a fully cooked idea, I'm 100% behind it. But the yeah. way it was rolled out and everything that we've heard and seen, it doesn't have me convinced. Yeah. I guess I'll just leave it at that. Of like it, it's it's not that I'm not excited. It's not that I'm not hyped. I just I'm not convinced. Yeah. Well, I'm not fully convinced either. I just yeah. have a more positive outlook about it, I guess, than you. Yeah, I'll just general. go full but cynic. <laughs> I also like I also like the idea that when we do eventually get, you know, again, the rumors that Dave Filoni is going to end up directing this film that ties in a lot of the TV show characters and wraps up a lot of those stories from those shows being Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and Skeleton Crew is what I've heard that all those characters are going to meet up and like in a Star Wars Avengers style film that kind of wraps up or puts a bow on that universe. I really like the idea of having Mando already rooted in a cinematic experience before we get that team up movement. For some reason that makes it smoother to me because who knows who else will pop up in this movie. Um, like I feel like it's a strong chance we'll see like Bo-Katan or whatever at least as like a minor character in the Mandalorian and Grogu film who knows I don't know there's a good chance we'll see um, you know some of those characters um, but like kind of setting the pace for that instead of just like oh all of a sudden all these characters are together and it's a movie and it's not a show like that would be more jarring to me if this movie doesn't wasn't coming out first does that make sense what I'm saying yes it makes sense it also again adds to my trepidation like yeah for one why the hell like why are we doing a team up between the mandalorian grogu like you know what i mean like why why are these why are these paths intertwining because they have stopped drawn correct mandalorian like <laughs> when when has din Djarin ever shown that he is going to be part of the greater good or anything like that well I don't know, man, but I think he's a good guy, but he's he's strictly that. for himself and like for those well, around him. You know what I mean, be. though. I know what you mean, but you know what I mean too. But his like, arc is turning towards, you know. You're, so you're telling me, heart of gold. You, correct? That's fine, but like, what is what? The the whole thing <laughs> makes no sense. Like this is. Yeah, this is the biggest debate you and I have ever had on this show. We've been right. doing this show oh, 100%. for over two years. <laughs> this is the most we've ever gone back and forth uh, well, and about a thing. Part of it we've for talked me Star too. Wars plenty of times. Oh yeah, this is great. I think part of it for me too is the fact that like I know they're going to try and like they're they're going to use the heir to the empire name. They're going to probably try and use point, story sure. beats to it, and like they've said so much in like offhand interviews that it's going to be like air to the, I think Filoni said air to the empire at one point. He um, says that he really likes that and wanted to. Yeah. That's why he put that line in Ahsoka. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what, how, how uh, the whole thing doesn't make sense, but it's not going to until we see it. And I'm just going to be a crashy old shit yelling at a cloud. So whatever, <laughs> here we are. Um, what is, I'm still going what, to be their opening day to watch it. So I don't yeah, know what of I'm, course, me too. And the other thing that, I think it's, I don't know when this movie's coming out. It's very possible that this will be my son's first new Star Wars movie in a theater. Like, he saw Return of the Jedi, but he had seen that before. Right. But depending on when this comes out and how his maturity level with uh, movies is at that point, if it's 2025, he'll be eight years old. He, that's, I will probably take him to see this movie. Um, and that's exciting for me. 
so Steve, before we move on, this is definitely the biggest story we're talking about tonight. I don't think we're spending too long on it because right. the other ones I don't think we'll talk on too much people. Um, but uh, Steve, if they announced a movie other than the three that they announced at Star Wars Celebration, other than the Mangold, other than the Filoni, other than the Charmino Bajinoy, if they were to announce a fourth movie that wasn't the Mandalorian and Grogu, what would you have preferred them announce? That Rogue One was actually getting greenlit. Rogue, or, uh, Squadron, Rogue Squadron. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known that would be. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. no. But, uh, you know, within that universe of things that we knew. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like. I feel like the Ahsoka Sabine stuff actually lends itself more to a cinematic experience than Din and Grogu. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Ezra coming back and whatever is going to happen there lends itself. Like if you're going to stay within that storyline or anything involving the, you know, the new Republic Avengers, uh, like literally anyone except for who they chose (laughs) in my brain fits better. I feel like it's going to be interesting when we get more details about this movie because, like, what is the conflict going to be? Like, yeah. what is the – who is the going to be the antagonist? What is the storyline that – I mean, Kathleen Kennedy says this is a new story that's perfect for the big screen. What is that story? Um, and how is it big enough to warrant a film but not big enough to, like – like overshadow the Skywalker saga or whatever, or whatever else is going on in the galaxy at this time. Like, cause this assumedly is going to take place in the same time period after post return of the Jedi pre force awakens. So, um, I guess we don't know in the new, um, Canon, I guess we do from comic books maybe, but I don't read the comic books, but like film viewers don't know what Luke and Han and Leia and Chewie are doing during that time necessarily, unless you've read the books. I mean, even the comics don't touch on that a whole hell of a lot. Like, the mainline comic right now is in between Empire and Return. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So, um, I mean, I hate even saying this. Is there a possibility that we're going to see AI Luke Skywalker in this movie? I'm sure we will. You're sure we will? I'm sure they'll at least have some nod. I hope that... uh, I hope we don't. I hope they. I I get if they're put it like that team up movie we talked about. I'm I'm sure that it, we'll see him in that. Yeah, that's going to be like a big, like I said, like it's going to be the Avengers of right. this period in Star Wars. You're going to. But how do you draw him in without up. like reintroducing him with you know Mando and Grogu? Maybe that's maybe that's the story is going to find Luke or something like that. Yeah, they already know where he is though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like that, I, I really, I just hope. Again, I don't, I don't trust them to yeah. do this. I just hope that it's literally like a complete side adventure. Yeah, does nothing to do with the big overarching Filoni thing, and it's just like a one-off, awesome action movie. That's what I'm hoping you know for. What I'm and my really, fingers gonna be crossed until I hear otherwise. You know what I'm really realizing? What? What I'm annoyed with is Grogu. Explain. I don't know what we've we've seen three seasons of a show mm-hmm. of him literally being inserted into everything and doing nothing unless it's That's a deus point. ex machina like literally yeah. he remember, has only been a deus ex machina in the entirety of this run 
And also remember that I think the other the other reason that Mandalorian season three wasn't as great was that didn't we hear that they like weren't supposed to reunite like Grogu and Mando weren't supposed to reunite, but they um, right they forced they it in like Lucasfilm forced Favreau and Filoni to make Book of Boba Fett even though they didn't have like enough of an idea, so they used a lot of what they had for Mando season three in Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So then they were left scraping for ideas. And that's why specifically in season three, Grogu was just hanging out and doesn't really have anything to really do because he wasn't even meant to be there. Right. <laughs> he was, it was just supposed to be, that was supposed to be Mandalorian Bo-Katan going back to Mandalore and it wasn't really supposed to have anything to do with Grogu. Which, so, which again, the best thing that could have happened would have been Grogu staying with Luke, having a whole season and then having the like the reunion at the end or something like that. I think but, that's what was, I think that was the right. original idea. It was just not even worry yeah, about those, where Grogu was. Those shots were probably supposed to be like, oh, they saved Mandalore. Now we're going to find Grogu or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like interspersed um, throughout the season. So maybe this is, maybe the movie is a Grogu heavy thing. Maybe, maybe this is the movie where we find out more about that species that we've never known anything about. See, Cause I, if we're going to do that, I almost if we're going like to do that, that I almost don't know that either because I'm pretty sure George Lucas has had a mandate that we never find out what Yoda is. We never learn right. about Yoda. But if we're finally going to get any information about that species, that information better come from a movie and not a Disney Plus show. Yeah. That's how I, that's what I And also like I Lucas feel. was on set during filming of The Mandalorian with Filoni like Oh yeah. So Yeah. It's not like it's it's not like we're outside of the realm of him, you know, giving his blessing on that sort of thing at least, but For sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I, I just feel weird about this whole thing. What you are hearing, folks listening or watching this, what you this conversation that you're hearing is basically what the Star Wars fandom online was doing all last week yeah. after this announcement. Some people were head over heels excited about this movie. Some people really, really don't want it. And some people are more in the middle like Steve and I. Steve's kind of in the lower middle. I'm more in the upper middle. But, yeah. you know. Um, this debate was kind of happening all over um, uh, Star Wars social media. So, oh, if I go ask my wife, for, she's uh, going to be happy. Or if I go tell her that, she's going to be happy as hell that they're making it. I told my wife and my son. They're both like, "Wow, it sounds awesome!" Oh, great. Cool. Okay. Cool. Great. Yeah, I'll be and there again, with you. Because, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we will see as we learn more about this movie. Um, will uh, Steve's excitement increase? Will mine decrease? Will we meet somewhere in the middle? Um, or will we both float to the top like so much cream? It's <laughs> <laughs> like the most old-timey reference I could possibly make. We're um, just going to separate the wheat from the chaff, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, are you excited about Ahsoka Season 2? Say that real quick before we move on. I don't know. If they don't screw it up, I will be. Um, I think I, I mean, like the- where they left it. I'm worried about not having Ray Stevenson as Balin Skull. I was just going to say, I think the biggest question mark is what to do with that character that uh, was so popular and um, seemed like so promising. And the storyline for that character oh, yeah. seems so promising. His, his characterization of that was some of the best things we've seen from an evil character in yeah. Star Wars. I mean, and hey, talk about restraint. Or I guess an antagonist, is... not even an evil character necessarily. Exactly, exactly. But talk, you know, we're saying that we doubt these creators having the restraint um, or the company to have restraint and storytelling, like 
we don't know anything about what he was doing and why why that right. character wanted to go to that planet or what his point was or whatever, which is part of the reason why it's even more of a bummer that uh, the actor is gone yeah. um, because are they going to recast in order to um, complete that plot line? Are they going to write him out but still have go on? Like, who knows what's going to happen? But no, the, in first, general, the first scene of Ahsoka season two is going to be like a TIE fighter shooting him off of the hand of the father <laughs> and just the Wilhelm scream as he's falling. And that's that. Uh, that's funny. Oh, uh, because you brought it up. I just said this to you the other night. Um, and that's why I brought it up. It came into my brain Last again. week, last week, um, I watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with my son for the first time. Um, multiple times I had him close his eyes, especially at the ending, because it's horrifying um but also thematically worked because during the ending of that movie um harrison ford and karen page are also not karen page sorry i'm jumping ahead uh karen allen are closing their eyes so they don't get hurt by the power of god coming out of the ark um so they're you know indy's yelling keep your eyes shut and my son is next to me on the couch with his hands over his eyes anyway proudest moment of watching that film with my son was when he recognized the Wilhelm scream. Now, those of you who don't know the Wilhelm scream, you probably do know it. It is a scream. It's a sound effect, a famous sound effect of a scream. Someone, a guy just going, ah, uh, that is used all the time. It's used in tons of movies. It's used in, I think, every Star Wars movie uses it. Possibly every Indiana Jones movie uses it. Steve, I can tell that you're looking up um, the audio of it right now. Is that uh, correct? Possibly. Um, but, uh, we heard it. I think Indiana Jones threw somebody out of a truck or something in that uh, the truck chase scene, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And my son turned to me and goes, Dad, that's the same scream they use in Star Wars. I was like, Yep, it is, buddy. It is. That's the Wilhelm <laughs> scream. I didn't, I didn't tell, he didn't know about it ahead of time. I didn't prompt him. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't explain to him what it was afterwards. I was like, You're right, buddy. And in my heart, very proud that he, uh, on his own, recognized the Wilhelm scream. Yep. And for anyone listening on the audio, you heard it. I doubt Mike did, but. Oh, I didn't hear it, but awesome. Cool. Yeah. All right. Moving on from a galaxy far, far away to a galaxy very close to us. A galaxy. Oh, you know what? uh, There's a John Favreau tie in here. There sure is. There sure is. Speaking of John Favreau's characters that he used to play once in a movie that is not great. Doesn't, shouldn't be mentioned, especially if we're talking about this cast. Uh, (laughs) It has good. It has good parts, but they're few and far between. Anyway, we're talking about Daredevil. Um, and this is something that Steve and I have wanted for a long time. We've talked about all the reasons why in time this very show. So I can't think that we're going to spend too long on it. But according to Inside Scooper, Jeff Snyder, Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Henson will be returning to reprise their roles as Karen Page and Foggy Nelson in the new Disney Plus series, Born daredevil born again um snyder says that there's no indication of how much of a role they will have it might literally only be the first episode of the series who knows but uh but this change is part of the big creative overhaul that was announced a few months ago after the writer strike was solved uh, marvel came out with this big announcement how some movies were moving and they were a square one retooling of daredevil born again so I think at that time, Steve, you and I talked about how we hope that this retooling comes with getting uh, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson back with those actors. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, 
It does. And I'm very, very happy about it, I must say. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's... Uh, those two are three are like that that core. trio was such a core of that movie or show like deborah ann wool yeah as karen and eldon as foggy were almost as much a part of that whole series if as charlie cox was it, they definitely were it, they it were was, written to be that way oh 100 percent. and it, their storylines were written just as well as the main character which is why that show is so good right no part of it's boring and it's interesting on all levels currently we're also finding out that things can be reshot and not completely horrible uh by disney's latest uh thing they've put out which is daredevil adjacent yeah echo mm-hmm. man have you finished it i have not i think i'm through three it is great there's five episodes it's great people it's great i know like steve and i were how did we, why did we have the impression that it was bad? Did, did we read a review that it was bad? Just because we heard about a bunch of reshoots and they, they were dropping it all at once. Uh, I think we added those was, up to being bad, but we were wrong. Well, there was a combination because there was the confirmation that D'Onofrio's Kingpin was in it, uh, yep. which we had seen, the only time we had seen him in the MCU was in Hawkeye, which was a very yep. suboptimal characterization of him. We had yep. seen Alakwa Cox killing it as Echo in any way, shape, or form. But that was the only thing that seemed positive about the the series. We had um, the reshoots and the complete reshoot hell that it went through. Uh, yeah. And then we had them just dro- changing the release date and dropping it all in one day, which and is a very un-Disney thing yeah. in January. Yeah. So all of that added up meant zero expectations for this thing. But man, it's great. It's so good. The fighting is great. There is a, I mean, spoiler alert, there is a short cameo from Matt. I think it was confirmed that um, Daredevil was in the show or Matt Murdock's in the show. Um, uh, I just thought it was really good. I think the characterization of uh, Kingpin is much closer to the Netflix show than Hawkeye did. I think in general, Echo is probably the closest feeling to one of those Netflix shows than any yeah. than any other thing we've gotten from Disney Plus. It definitely has that brutality as well. Yeah, and it does it doesn't go quite as hard and it's not quite as well made, but it's definitely the closest. It's closer than any other of the Marvel Disney Plus shows have been to that tone and that uh um feel, I guess. So, if you're not watching Echo, get on it cuz it's great. And uh Kingpin is in it a lot. He's really in it. It's not just a cameo. Daredevil's got a cameo. Um, Kingpin is in it. Big time. Um, uh, was there something else I was going to say about the Daredevil Born Again? <laughs> I don't remember. It just, um, I guess just that it, it seems insane that you would bring back uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio and you wouldn't bring back uh, Deborah Ann Wall and Elden Henson. Like it seems, it, it seems like an insane move that the original version of the show didn't have them in it. Like, and if you're recasting, that's crazy because they're both great in those roles. And if you're recasting those, you should recast everybody. You should recast all the leads. But if you're bringing in two and you're either like, the characters are essential to Daredevil. So yeah, to not as, have those characters in it, crazy. by Charlie Cox, that like as the Daredevil, that if this is a continuation, you can't do it without those two. And to have them back yes. is perfect. And finally, someone else uh, realized that and mm-hmm. uh, are bringing them back. So that's good news. Um, um, another thing that I think is really cool 
but who knows if it'll actually go. Uh, something that Steve and I are not super well-versed in, Steve maybe a little bit more than me these days, but Star Trek. A Star Trek announcement this week. Uh, Paramount has announced a new Star Trek movie to be directed by Toby Haynes, who is the main director on Star Wars and or a little show that's, you know, a masterpiece. Um, it's going to be written by Seth Graham Smith, um, who was a big writer-producer in Hollywood. Uh, he wrote the Lego Batman movie. For oh, there you go. Like the, the It films and um, a bunch of other um, well-known movies. Uh, produced by J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot. Uh, this is going to be a prequel that will take place decades before the first J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek reboot, the 2009 uh, Star Trek film. Um, now, this doesn't mean that Star Trek Four isn't still happening, although that's been up in the air for a long time. But apparently this article also says this is a deadline that broke this article, uh, broke this news. Um, Star Trek Four is still currently in development with the J.J. Abrams cast. That's Chris Pine, Zoe Saldana, etc. Um, and I guess Paramount just saw the popularity of all of their streaming shows that have been getting great reviews and um, a lot of views and are deciding to capitalize on that while Star Trek four is still not ready to go. I, they're, I would assume they initially wanted to just move it forward with Star Trek four. Remember it was like a year ago or so when they announced Star Trek four and Chris Pine was like, I hadn't heard anything about that, but yep. apparently they're making Star Trek four. Uh, they announced it without having talked to any of the cast. Um, so haven't gotten that off the ground yet, so they're uh, going in a different direction. I think it's smart. You can have two different Star Treks going at once. Um, and why not? I don't know. I never saw Star Trek Beyond. I never saw that third one, but uh, I would no. probably see this. I don't know why I wouldn't. As well as it looks I, know, good. I did see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious. Right now, they're, like, Strange New Worlds is kind of dabbling in that space. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's a it's a weird situation where you know you've got multiple continuities dealing with the same timeline and yeah it, but could it just be like a different ship and it going to a different thing and solving a different problem uh, yeah i mean hypothetically could just be all new characters right yeah i mean you're there's some overlap but yeah i guess it's yeah i don't know i i also i didn't mind that like the new star trek films were fine Everyone the that first I saw one was, I thought was great. Yes. I really liked the first one. The other two were I didn't okay. love I didn't like the second one as much. I heard the third one was really good and I never had because I didn't like I liked the it more one. than the second yeah. one, not as much as the first one. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, I still should see that third one, but So yeah, I mean it's there I gonna do the thing <laughs> like I did earlier where it's like I, I think I'm just becoming, the more we talk about this over the years and the more we just keep mm -hmm. going through all this, I'm yeah. just so increasingly jaded on what these studios are doing. Are. <laughs> it's like, it boggles my mind how they can do this of like yeah. everything that the fan base is saying or anybody that is actually analyzing this stuff or taking a, you know, more than a surface glance at it, they take a look at it and make the exact opposite conclusion. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, think, we're having MCU overload. Let's put out more MCU things. Great idea. I th I think what you're feeling is the at one time slow but now inescapable feeling that the people that make these movies or greenlight these movies look at them as content instead of art. Oh, 100%. And they want to make 
content that makes them money instead of thinking what the best artistic situation artistic decision is to make a great movie they want to make money over making art oh 100 yeah, percent. that's, that's always business, been a thing it's always been a business it's always been a business oh, it's always been about money i get it but i think uh, once upon a time, there were people in upper levels of studios that cared about movies being good and cared about them being artistic achievements. And I think now more than anything, people look at them as being uh, a means to make millions of dollars. And that's about it. They don't care if it's good or not. Right. I think I think the jadedness is coming from there used to be the ability to do both. You could make a movie that yeah. was extremely good and make you a boatload of money. But also yeah. have it be a good movie and have it be artistic and like more than just a shell with a name on it that people are going to go to see just because of the name and some yeah. flashy special effects. See Transformers by Michael Bay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's what I mean when I say it was like a slow, <laughs> it was oh, yeah. slow overhaul. Because I think a long time ago or, you know, again, once upon a time, and maybe leaned in the other direction. We're like, yeah, we're trying to make money, but we want to put out good stuff. And now, and then it slowly was like, yeah, we can do both and both are important. And now it's definitely kind of leaning the other way. Right. In my, or like, like we were talking about the, uh, the, the blank check podcast where yeah. it was like, you know, these in the past, it was like you made a blockbuster or a great movie and you got a blank check to go do whatever you wanted to. Right. And yeah. studios would still hire you to do whatever you wanted to. And I yeah. feel like we almost don't see that nearly as much anymore. But we may again, if we get another summer, like the summer we just had, where we got tons of blockbusters and just, most of them under underperformed. Yeah. You most know, of them um, bombed almost. Yeah. As much as people like Mission Impossible, they were not running out to go see the new Mission Impossible movie. Right. Um, and only a few movies really hit. And a lot of the ones that did things like Oppenheimer, which is a three-hour movie about people talking to each other in different rooms. Or Barbie that, yeah, that's like a recognizable brand, but uh, the story is incredibly new and something that we've never seen before, ever, and is a masterpiece in its own right. So, like... Um, now, now, we say this, but when you look at the 2023 worldwide box office, you had Barbie, and then you had Super Mario Brothers, yeah. and then Oppenheimer. But then it was Guardians 3, Fast X, Across the Spider-Verse, The Little Mermaid remake, Mission Impossible, that we just talked about as being a flop, but it still made sure. $567 million worldwide. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Wonka. So literally three movies that, three movies that weren't, uh, weren't sequels, one of which wasn't based off an existing IP. And then yeah, Elemental. No. So like I'm not, three movies yeah. in the top 10 that weren't farming for content. Sure. I'm not saying those movies still don't do well, but a lot of those movies didn't do as well as studios thought they were going to do based on prior years or prior installments. Right. I guess um, when you get to... So that's why still like we got the reports, that. like we just said, of Mission Impossible underperforming, even though it's in the top five <laughs> highest grossing films of the right. summer. Or whatever, you know? the, the next 10 are a little like you get Quantumania... John Wick 4, Transformer Rise of the Beasts, uh, Dial of Destiny at 383, Aquaman, Hunger Games, and then surprises like Five Nights at Freddy's, and then Creed 3 and The Flash. 
Yeah. Like 22 is Taylor Swift, the heiress tour. Literally a video of a concert made 261 million. Yeah. Yeah. And she made all that herself. She did not, do you know, she didn't go through any studios. She yeah. didn't sell that, sell that studio. She made deal, made deals directly with, uh, theaters. Yep. Insane. Yeah. So smart. <laughs> so smart. Um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, we're not the, uh, I'm not saying that this past summer is the death of the franchise movie. They're not going anywhere for sure. But I think studios might be looking at, uh, you know, things they've already talked about or we've already talked about, like spreading out the content, not putting a million blockbusters out in the same summer, um, you know, letting things breathe a little bit or, or spending less money on them. So the box office isn't the worst thing ever. Did I tell you we watched Cocaine Bear? You did. Yeah, I didn't get any details from it. You said that you watched it. That was one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen. And it was well worth a watch. It oh, was great. Okay. It I'll was it. it was something. Awesome. Yeah. Um I also finished um speaking of shows, I guess we talked about Echo fifteen minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> um uh I finished uh uh Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Oh nice. I still have the tenth episode, yeah. so maybe oh, we can really? talk about oh, okay. that. I won't say anything. Talk about that next week. But Anyone who's not watching it, I know we've talked about it a couple couple times over the last couple of weeks, is good. Yeah. Do they land the good. plane? Yeah. I think they, yes, yes, okay. they do, for sure. I thought it, it started dragging for me a little in the middle, but as I said to you, like, that's just, like, I've just been, like, I don't know, slowing down on TV shows because I feel like they all, for the most part, take so long <laughs> to get to. Like, there's 10 episodes. I feel like this show could have been, like, eight episodes or maybe so, like i don't know there was a lot of stuff that i didn't care about yeah um that's but the then problem it started really picking up towards the end a lot of tv recently i feel like stuff that's five or six episodes they're cutting too much and then stuff that's like yeah 10 episodes they're fluffing and it's like i what, agree somebody somebody figure out how many episodes the show should actually well, be and make that the length of the show i didn't feel that way with echo I thought like Echo was right, like five, five was episodes right. and it was a great five episodes. Like okay. there was no, like there's, so there's one episode of Monarch where it's like, let's dive deep into this character's backstory for an entire episode. It's like, I don't really care. Just like keep showing me more monsters and move the plot forward. I don't like, right. I don't care about this character enough to know like their entire life story. Right. And I Echo thought did that not was do actually that. something Echo Monarch, was just like, boom, 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 boom. Something Monarch did very well was the show isn't a hundred percent a monster show they use the monsters to move the personal plot along which is yeah that's exactly how you need to do something like that yeah i think i went in expecting more monsters right so for me i was a little like all right where well they they give you that hit (laughs) right off the bat and then like it's a slow burn from there like you get glimpses of a bunch of different monsters a bunch of different titans yeah which is awesome And then, like you know, you get, the payoff you do, comes around later. You do get a good, uh, you get a good ending. Okay. You get a good, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's that, yeah, it's Brian, definitely worth a watch. Uh, Brian, one hundred percent agrees. Echo was the perfect length. Monarch was really good, but dragged. Yep. So totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Um, and Echo's not perfect either. Like there's no. times when I'm just like, that's ah, th- a little convenient that that person just happens to be there, or you know, they, but like that happens in every superhero show. Well, that's you I know, heard. I'm not, ju- I heard I'm not judging of, it by other rules. Heard a lot of complaints about the first episode because of sure. the, the the relative fan service and some things that were cut a little jankily and stuff like that. They also like but recap 
tons of Hawkeye. Right. In, uh, because they, they're billing it as you don't have to have seen other things. Right. So we're seeing literal scenes from sense. Hawkeye in there. They don't, yeah, that only works because they show you stuff you've already seen in mm-hmm. Hawkeye, uh, which I was fine with because I was like, okay, I'll take a refresher. It, it relatively fit. Like it was, yeah. again, and it was they a show little you, choppy, but it, it fit. Yeah. And they show you things that happen in between those scenes and before right. those scenes and stuff. So they kind of like plays out. It gives you a different context for those scenes Yep. Um, in a way that I liked a lot and helped uh, push the rest of the show. You know what else gives you different context? What's that? When you completely erase things and rewrite a multiverse, uh, like the ultimate universe. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, Steve. Do you have a comic to review this week? I do not have a comic to review this week. I was not able to make it down to Funky Town to pick up a comic to review, and I also didn't read any single issue of a book to talk about this week. So, Steve, you're the only comic review. What do you got? Speaking of multiverses, I got a lot. Of, be I got about? a lot of comic things this week because after this, I'll talk about my thousand comics in 2024 mess yeah. that I got myself into. I d- I didn't read any, but you are more than making up for it. <laughs> yes. Uh, you may have heard of it, folks. Ultimate Spider-Man number one by yeah. uh, Jonathan Hickman, art by Marco Cicchetto. This is the Cicchetto variant. He did three different uh, variant covers that is an with awesome cover. classic suit, black suit, and, um, oh, God, what else did he do? 2099, right? Yeah, 2099 suit. Um, absolute killer killer covers uh absolute killer book um mike i said earlier that uh before the pod that one of yeah. the issues that i had read to date was a seven out of five <laughs> yes in a scale from one to five stars you gave it seven stars yes you told me. uh yeah. this is that book wow wow i don't know Hick- hickman is on his sauce he took he t- he he does the the standard ultimates thing of take something you know twist it but he also yeah. did the hickman thing of take something you know twist it throw it on its head subvert expectations and have it make sense at the end mm. so it's not weird ass hickman it's not the like completely out there hickman it's like he knows what he's cooking with and he knows where he's going with this and yeah. i i'm trying to bounce around without spoiling anything peter is extremely well characterized um J. Jonah Jameson is extremely well done. Um, The whole family dynamic, because if anyone has seen any of the previews, Mayday is back and Peter has a son and he and MJ are married uh, and just have a normal family. Um, It's, uh, and I can't wait until like, there's got to be some point where Mayday comes into the story uh, as having powers or something like classic Mayday Parker from the old. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they did it right. And it seems like awesome. Brian, uh, Brian agreed. He's been on a Spider-Man kick lately. So, uh, his, his exact quote from the chat, ultimate Spider-Man was ridiculously good, even with no Spider-Man in it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's read it. I I'm very curious where they're going with it, but it's, cool. there's a lot of familiar faces and a lot of very unfamiliar territory. Ooh. Okay. Oh, that. That's the way to write a, well, a grabby comic, I think. It, I was talking to my buddy John about it because uh, uh, our other our, <laughs> we have a we have a chat for the three of us that um, we're all just giant read way too many books and what, Andy is a huge Spider Man guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't read it yet, but me and my buddy John were talking and we're like, "Yeah, this is 
it's a retelling of a tale without rehashing a tale. Ooh, okay. So, and, and when when you it. read it, you'll know 100% what I'm talking about, but yeah. It's okay. it's well done. And I'm awesome. curious what definitely... what will happen this week with Black Panther number 1. Uh, Black Panther number 1? I thought Ultimate Black Panther was this week. Oh, oh, was it really? I didn't see it on the my list. Huh, maybe I was wrong. I thought that uh, I thought the three of them were coming out back to back. Maybe maybe the list that I have is wrong. But I didn't see it on the list, but that doesn't mean that um it's one hundred percent valid. Oh wow, February seventh. Yeah. Are they coming out every month? Oh maybe it's uh yeah. Hmm. Let's see. X Men is coming out February first. Oh, weird, there's just a gap in between. Oh, oh okay. no, that was way too off. Uh, well, I am pumped to read it. Um, like I said, I didn't make it down to Funko this past week, but if I had, that's what I, I would have picked that up as well. So um, definitely we'll get to that this week. Ultimate Spider-Man, big fan of <clears throat> an older Peter and a married Mary Jane, just because it's un territory it's so we haven't unconventional. traveled before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also territory that a lot of fans have wanted, um, but they oh, keep yeah. retconning him to be a teenager. And we just want to see the progression of his life. <laughs> uh, you know, we can go back and read the stories when he's a teenager. Show us what happens when he grows up, because he's been a character since 1963 or whatever. So, oh yeah, um, see some development. On top of that, I did uh, also make progression on my uh, your thousand, one thousand one thousand comics in 2024. Uh, I'm up to 48 on the year, so I believe right, that is it. above my three a day quota. Yeah. Um, I think I need two point two point seven seven comics per day, so I'm I'm doing okay. <laughs> not not that I've done the math on it or anything. So many, um, comics, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so, uh, give us another highlight. Is another highlight of the past week? Uh, I mean, Ultimate Spider Man was easily the besides highlight. Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, Transformers Four was awesome. Yeah. Um, possibly the the. Transformers 4 might have been the best Transformers that has come out yet of the four. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. And this is this is a series, again, one that Mike and I have both raved about. Um, yeah, it's great. Was absolutely killer. Uh, Wolverine, the start of the Sabretooth War, was very Ooh, good. that happened this week? Yep. Oh, yep, 41 is the start of the Sabretooth War. Um, Fall of House and Rise of Power started up. Mm-hmm. Um. Those are both like Kieran Gillen in Rise of Powers is on another level. Uh, although yeah. I usually can say that about like I I love Gillen books. So yeah. Um, issue seven of Antarctica, uh, another that's solid right. turn in that uh, in that series. So that's the like the second arc of Antarctica is kind of in mm-hmm. full swing. A uh, couple of big reveals this week, pretty solid. All right, giant size Spider Man. Um, oh yeah, the Miles versus Venom, right? That's what it looked like. Uh, it's Miles, uh, Miles trying to harangue a Venom lethal protector that has taken over uh, Eddie Brock's son. Oh, but okay. it's like lethal. Like he's Venom is trying to. He's peacemakering it. He will kill anyone okay. to do what's right. Oh uh, wow! Okay. <laughs> So it's Miles cool. trying to harangue that, and it's yeah. it's again another unique take, but solid take on what's going on there. Yeah. 
um, four of them were the were finishing up dwellings. Sweet. Before the uh, yeah. the J interview, uh, and then a random GI Joe book that was fine, um, and Batman City Madness too. Finally Ooh, got to nice. that. Which I, I mean, I that, that Christian Ward is killing it on that book. Um, yeah. Uh, Dick shows up. Grayson himself. Oh, cool. So nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm. This week was a very good week for good books. Oh, there was awesome, no uh, the GI Joe one uh, outstanding. There was no stinkers in anything I read. So wow, it's going to be tough. I feel like um, to keep your momentum up if you do have a week where you just read like fourteen terrible books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like books that you don't that is like a slog. Like, like why am I doing this? Seems impossible. Why am I doing this? Yep. Yeah. Um. Well, Steve. Luckily for you, though, every week more comic books come out hit the market that they do uh, for you to choose for you to add to that um 1000 comic goal and this week some of those books are alien 3 amazing spider-man number 42 avengers twilight number one batman superman world's finest number 23 black panther number eight catwoman number 61 cobra commander number one now this is a big book for uh us here because funky town comics and vinyl doing a midnight release of cobra commander number one they did one for the first Transformers. They did one for uh, Duke. the Duke, G.I. Joe, Duke book. Um, they did one for Deviant. Uh, the Deviant. Um, Deviant number three is also coming out this week. And they're doing one for Cobra, Cobra Commander number one. So midnight release tomorrow night. I think it probably starts at like eight, eight. or nine. Usually it's eight. Really uh, start yeah. at midnight. Usually it's eight. I know a friend of the pod, Matt Flynn, will be there with uh, yep. Sign Prince. Or I think Sign Prince. They're doing something. He'll be there. I know. He's usually there selling stuff. Yeah. So Hi, Matt. If you um, hear this, we're butchering your hey, Matt. promo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're uh, if you like the GI Joe book, or I think they're doing aren't they doing a Transformers GI Joe crossover comic thing. I feel like I heard a rumor of that. Oh, you haven't so read Duke. Okay, oh, I haven't. Yeah, no, no. Um, it's the whole Energon universe is very tight in. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But so, there, it's funny because I walked in. Uh, Jeff, I was talking to Jeff over at Funky Town about. Um, he had just recently got onto Transformers and yeah. uh he was like, Holy shit, they really like are tying this all together. Like I didn't think G.I. Joe and that would work. Would make sense, yeah. And and it weirdly does. Like I I did not think I'd be all in on this Energon universe thing. Yeah. It's freaking good, man. <laughs> all right. Uh well, if you're into the Transformers book, um, then you probably want to pick up Cobra Commander to make sure that you uh know everything that's going on inside that shared universe. Midnight release tomorrow, Funky Town, Comics, and Vinyl. Also, this Wednesday, Daredevil number five, uh, the aforementioned Deviant number three, Green Lantern War Journal number five, Invincible Iron Man number 14, Jackpot number one, Jay Garrick the Flash number four, John Constantine Hellblazer, Dead in America. Well, that's got Mike screaming all over it. Sure does. Pretty (laughs) awesome title, too. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number four, Miguel O'Hara Spider-Man 2099 number three, my Little Pony, the Kenbucky Roller Derby, number one. Nightwing, number Did- 110. Star Trek, number 16. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 42. Star Wars High Republic, number three. Superman, number 10. Superman Lost, number 10. Titans, number seven. Wonder Woman, five. And X-Men, number 30. Steve, I know you're picking up that My Little Pony, but anything else that you're going to be uh, <laughs> uh, I couldn't. I couldn't tell whether you threw that on there for the ridiculousness of the entirety of the title or for the fact that we went roller skating the other night. 
that's true. We did go roller skating there <laughs> night, weirdly. Um, it was more for the title and more that, uh, you know, sometimes I make these lists and I want to make sure that we're um, covering all aspects of uh, comic book fandom. I know My Little Pony, not a thing that I'm into, but it is a thing that a lot of people are into and those comics, uh, I think, sell pretty well. So just throwing it on here to cover all of the bases. Yeah, no, I'm probably pulling. I'm definitely getting Cobra Commander. Uh, sure. Probably. Gra- I don't know if I'll grab Deviant. I really liked one and two. I just have so yeah. much. Hey, but um, you gotta hit that thousand. Gotta hit that thousand. Do I have to buy that thousand though? Can I start renting from Funky Town? Yeah, Town? that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, what can I loan you? Right. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to start to get to a point where I'm like, all right, Mike, I need everything on your shelves. Uh, you got it, man. Uh, Avengers it. Twilight looks quite interesting. Um, basically, the Avengers have to take back the Avengers. Okay. Uh, kind of one of those where the the name has been co-opted, and I think the government has um i guess co-opted the avengers name and created a new avengers that aren't you know the avengers yeah yeah, and steve good old steve rogers has to uh write the ship not happy about it right sure so and it's sadarsky writing it so i'll probably buy it that's right um because you know i'll walk i'll walk out of there with like seven books because i'm like oh that does look good oh that does look good oh that does look good the only things on my pull list that are on here are Cobra Commander and High Republic. Oh, cool, cool. So nice. Maybe X Men. Um, I don't know if he's still pulling that for me, but I, I did start lines. reading. Um, I purchased a uh, trade collection, Volume One of Invisible Kingdom by mm. G. Willow Wilson and Christian Ward on art, um, which is like a space uh, sci-fi. Uh, cool thing. Yep. Uh, feels very much like Star Wars, to be honest with you. Right. And uh, Christian Ward's art is a big hit all the time. Um, and uh, I'm into it. It's really good, really good so far. So I'm gonna keep reading that. And um, like I said earlier, some other stuff to bone up for the uh, our interview with her. But also, I got stuff just hanging out that's been sitting around for a long time I haven't read. So hopefully, gonna be able to dive into that for sure. Well, I hope you don't but, go down with the down with the sickness, if you will. But if you do, you'll have plenty of time to read. <laughs> I will. I will have plenty of time to read. Um, I got one one shot for the night that we're going to wrap it up here, folks. DC Studios. James Gunn and his new DCU are currently screen testing three actors for the role of Supergirl. This is a role has been reported by Deadline. This is a role that um, Will is saying... They're saying that it is a role that will likely show up in a different DC project prior to the release of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Like, teasing her, maybe she's going to be in Superman Legacy, then she gets her own movie, that kind of thing. Um, So they're not necessarily ready to start shooting Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, but they're just casting this role for an appearance in another DC project. Um, the three actors in contention are Millie Alcock, Amelia Jones, and Meg Donnelly. Millie Alcock is best known for playing Princess uh, Rhaenyra Targaryen on Dragon. She was the younger While, uh, I believe she was the younger version, yeah. Yep, she was. Um, um, Amelia Jones has been in Netflix's Lock and Key series, as well as the 2022 Best Picture winner, Coda, which I thought was an incredible film, and she's a great actress. 
And then we got Meg Donnelly, uh, who has worked on the Disney Channel series Zombies, and also currently the voice of Supergirl in the Max original animated movie Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One. So I mean, she if might we're have a leg up. if we're going by uh, by James Gunn logic, she's the shoo-in. Yeah, but I don't think that Crisis on Infinite Earth is part of his DCU. Right. So, but uh, who knows? She does have previous Supergirl experience. So that's not, uh, no, the other two can't put that on their resume. That's true. So uh, I do have another another one shot. Uh, we're starting to get oh, to that do. time of Hit year me. where we're going to start getting news for, you know, free comic book day announcements, that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, yeah. Dark Horse did officially put out the word that uh, this one hit, hits close to home on a couple of fronts. Um, their free comic book day uh, offering for their Star Wars comics, because uh, they they now have the right from IDW. They have the rights back for all the off brand, like not the mainline yeah. stuff, but the adventures and some of the other right. uh, ancillary publications. They are putting out a free comic book day version of Young Jedi Adventures the oh. animated uh um cool animated show series? on disney plus yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. with nubs one of the main characters on the cover that just looks awesome and it's being written by daniel jose older and um art by andy duggan and that's going to be like that that's that's the team that's been working on the uh, adventures and that'll look awesome. good and it's awesome to see them catering towards the uh the youngins yeah for sure um uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because we're about to wrap up, but something that I just remembered when you said the Star Wars titles. One thing that was rumored this week, not official story, so maybe that's why I didn't put it on the rundown, but uh, there's a rumor this week that Lucasfilm uh, or Disney is considering doing a Star Wars What If series. So oh, yeah. Marvel I saw that. What If series. Um, thoughts on this? A Star Wars What If series? Mm, I think I think it's a I think I like it conceptually in like certain forms, but I don't think I like it in TV show form. I don't think I like it. Oh, you mean like in comics and stuff? I would not mind like seeing comic one shots or something like that as a what if, you know, something that's, yeah, it's a different take on like, I feel like if you put something in, in even the what if, like the Marvel what ifs, I, after a couple of them, I was like, okay, this is, this is what it is. Yeah. I, um, I don't care. Yeah. but yet for a a, a, i'd grab a what if book off the shelf and scarf that down yeah i feel like with marvel it makes sense because we've talked about this before like comic well whether it be marvel or dc comics have like so many different interpretations of so many different characters and so many different writers and outfits and whatever blah 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 so it makes sense to like pick and choose storylines but like star wars is one storyline well, it is, but and, there's always those things that people question of, like, you know, what effectively, like, what if, you know, Obi-Wan still beat Anakin, but he didn't fall in the lava? Yeah. What if what if right. Vader is not suited up Vader? Like, how does that change the entire galaxy? Yeah. I just, like, I look at the state of the Star Wars fandom um, mm-hmm. being shattered after Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, like we had that, uh, Star Wars theory YouTuber guy who I know he's like one of the biggest Star Wars YouTube people, but like, I think that guy's an idiot. Everything I read about him, Mm -hmm. I disagree with. And he did something about how women 
shouldn't like Star Wars or don't like Star Wars. There was a whole thing that happened this week, too. The fandom was insane this week for Star Wars. We got it announcements. Was, yeah. We got yelling. We got excitement. We got this uh, misogynist a-hole saying that women shouldn't be watching Star Wars or don't watch Star Wars or whatever. Um, and um, I think when you have a fandom that breeds opinions like that, or uh, people that people very loud people on the internet that already have opinions like that, like, and then they give us a thing about like, oh, what if, uh, I don't know, something that feeds into their, you know, like so many people hate the Last Jedi for whatever reason. Right. If they're like, uh, oh, what if Luke actually did show up, um, didn't did go with Ray instead of you know refusing and things like that, or what if Luke didn't think about uh, killing Ben Solo, like those things, like that would just feed the beast too much yeah. for my taste, I think. 100%. So I think if they're smart, they would not do that or be very careful the story points they choose. Right. Well, that's to, why I'm saying uh, in comics, like if they published it, especially like they could publish it under the Dark Horse stuff. And, right. yeah. you know, you have, you know, you could you could literally frame it as this is somebody's fever dream in the canon. Yeah, sure. Like first yeah. panel is just like, bubbles and it's the guy it's this dream that we're off on yeah or something like that whereas it's tougher to convey that in a show yeah i also think to to my point i think doing it in comics is a little slightly less of a mainstream way to do it and therefore would less likely to fracture the eye of those chuds on youtube that are complaining about stuff that happened 10 years ago bravo on the use of the word chud it's been a long time since (laughs) i've seen that that was that's a (laughs) deep cut uh it is just the one that came out of my mouth and yep. i think it uh well well fit but um anyway i think that's all i got all you got steve Any got anything else no i've had enough uh cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers <laughs> you remember that <laughs> i do i do yeah <laughs> oh god um yeah no i oh, think cool. that's about it uh we don't have any links to that film in the show notes but we do have links to our interview with jay stevens our website the multiverse report at gmail.com is our email um check us out on the socials the multiverse com, wherever you find us uh mike and i usually are a little more active on threads you can find him at carol's yeah. kid with a k you can find me at dutch heart h-a-r-t uh a nice reference to a 90s to 2000 syracuse basketball player that is very dated at this point um <laughs> and uh yeah that's uh it's about about what i got you should probably check us out and leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice as well and leave some comments on youtube we've had some nice conversations with folks in the chat on this video tonight so um that's true it's always nice always nice to hear from you always nice to see us so uh yeah leave us a comment yeah thanks thanks to brian and travis in the chat tonight thank you brian and travis in the chat um yeah listen to our jay stevens interview if you haven't um keep in mind or keep your eye out for our g willow wilson one that'll come at the end of the month and um that's all i got that's all steve's got so until next time thanks for watching thanks for listening we'll see you in the multiverse